everybody say it mean? Who's that out there living the dream? Let's blow him the bean. Who's that still smoking all that green? Let's blow him the bean. Come on, y'all, let me hear you scream. Let's blow him the bean. Let's blow him the bean. Let's blow him the bean. Go. Let's blow the bean. Welcome back, everybody. It's been a little bit of time since uh, we got on, oh, about a week, but there's been a lot going on. I feel like this is going to be a jam-packed show for you guys. There is probably the best fight of the year, or the best fight card of the year is Easily culminated today. over the... I don't have an argument yeah. with that at all. 14 fights. I believe this is the longest... I know it's the longest fight card that WME has ever put on, um, and I think for Zufa, it's the second longest UFC ever put on in the history of the UFC. Uh, this is pretty big. I mean, I think that this kind of shows what's going to come for us in the future. They're getting right into it. I Adding, thought more people were going to be injured. The injury bug. I, that's really right. why I thought, I thought they always any, do right? these 14 cards uh -huh. and then usually two fights fall out. Yep. And we usually see our fight pass shrink from like the show starts at 6 to all of a sudden 7 because we lost two fights somewhere in the night. Yep. Um, so that's what I was assuming was going to happen. We still have a couple of days where anything could happen, not to mention the weight cuts, so I don't want to jinx anything. I think that's a good call, knock on wood. I think that everybody from what I've been hearing is, is doing all right. I haven't seen anybody have any red flags up yet so far, but we still got a lot of ways, uh, a couple days to go for that, so everybody hopefully stay in it. News in the, in the UFC as well. Did you recently hear that 125 division may be coming to the UFC? For women? For women. They're making that division. Be before the 145. Should I, have been. I would agree with that a million percent. And the really interesting thing that's happened with this news is that the UFC themselves released it. Dana White then came out on Twitter and said, hold on guys. Um, that might not be true. We might not have the right dates. And I, we're, we messed up. We, we let out information too long ago. If I remember correctly, about a month ago, Dana White was saying, don't believe anything anyone says unless we tell you. And the UFC just told us that there's a 125 division coming up, and then they're backtracking it. Just kind of a funny thing. I love the, one, I love the idea of 125. I, obviously, the more divisions, the better. But who, honestly, uh -huh. who are we going to see fight that we're not seeing fight right now? What's the excitement of 125 except for... You're building something because you don't want to you don't want to uh, Demetrius Johnson. You're Joanna. Yeah. So once she clears out the division, she says she wants to move up to a 125. You start a new division where you actually get to see her battle people who she hasn't already beat because you can bring down some 135s that can make cuts. Right, 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 right. The there's supposedly other women in the world, which I doubt. I think we're seeing the top level yeah, women at the UFC, but they're saying they're bringing a new talent. that can't cut 10 or gain 10. Yeah. We would know, exactly. We would know these fighters already. It's going to help a couple of those women that are in that be in between. I think it's a good step for us in MMA or UFC in general to open up those 10 pound weight classes, that 165 range. 125 is where Valentina and JJ fought. Yes. <gasps> we got to so, fight. There's so many who fights that I, open up. We, who do we think is going to be wearing the 135 woman's belt? Valentina. Right. Sure. Who's going to walk away? We, I mean, I'm assuming that you feel the same way I do about this fight coming up with JJ. She's going to walk away with the belt again. Right. That's a belt-belt fight you want to see. Oh, all day. The only person to ever beat JJ, I think, is... Yeah, is Valentina. Yeah. And, and that Shevchenko, was prior yeah. to... That was not MMA. I believe those were striking bouts in Muay Thai. So, 
even better that now we get to see them evolved because they both have different ground games, different all the way around. Love There's it. fun, fun options. The What I also love about this is that they've also said, the UFC has also said that it was going to be a tough house tournament. So it would be like the 115 division with Carla Esparza where she won it. She became the champ because it's more of a tournament oh, instead yeah. of that. I like that. It's like you come out of the house, you're crowned the champ. And then guess what? Esparza's first fight after her first defense was against Joanna Champion. And we saw the real champs take its place. But that was her first fight. That no, was that her first was fight out, out of the tough house. She really? won her other fights out. Maybe just one or two. She defended her title once? Yeah. She oh, defended I don't her remember title. That. I thought she won her title. In at, the tough house. Yeah. In the, the, yeah, in yeah, the yeah. Thing. And the main event or the finale show was her winning the title. She she, she won the title. And yeah. then I feel like she fought. We could probably pull it up. I'm sure we, we could. I think she fought one person that she either didn't fight in the tough house or something like that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then we're like, who's this Joanna chick? Who's yep. this girl? Yep, yep, she yep. don't have a chance. Carla takes everyone. Yeah, it's going to be a wrestling match and this girl's going to And now think in your brain of what we know about that woman's 115 Carla's not even in my top five yeah I would agree that sports kind of la- left her by because she stayed the ever wrestler and didn't evolve as a mixed martial artist where someone like JJ was an amazing Muay Thai fighter who then got really good at the ground and takedown defense so 81.2 percent I think is her takedown defense I mean I as far as sprawling and just wrestling based takedown defense and positioning your hands on the back of the head and shrimping and getting up Joanna does it with a level of technicality that isn't seen Smart. in the men's division she never walks away with the out a hit she pushes the head down con- uh, yeah, constantly as amazing. soon as she's I mean she she's thinking textbook, about it the whole time textbook defends the takedown how she should if she doesn't fully stuff the shot and they get to her hip and get her to her back she immediately keeps pushing that head to the floor it sucks when you're trying to pull, when you're trying to take someone down and they're pushing your forehead into the ground. It makes it that much harder. It's such a fun fight. Even though we feel like she's going to win, I still want to see this No, fight. we're not even do that Yeah, fight. no, exactly. <laughs> There's so many other What stuff. were we talking about? The woman's 125. <laughs> exactly. The potential for her to come into the 125 even though she's defending. kind of fun because you can think like, oh my gosh, like, Joanna, for all intents and purposes, is kind of like a Chris Cyborg in ways, where it's like she's amazing just unto herself. Uh-huh. Like, she's this whole... The other thing I heard this week, which... Um, I, well, I've heard it, you know, Ronda has one of the scariest arm bars in MMA, sure. regardless of sex. But, I would agree with that. You know, whatever. Uh, um, I think uh, the thing I heard out of most people's mouth this week, that was an amazing fact to me, because I don't know. Joanna um, is considered, like, the elite, most elite striker in MMA. I, could, I would say that she was one of the top level strikers that I've been telling people, you want to watch... Textbook technique, you go to Joanna as far as kickboxing angles, um, punching. I, and I've out. been saying it since she's been out. Men have been using those elbows to a, a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. And I know you were like, John Jones, John Jones. But yeah, I just yeah. think how. So as well. Yeah, it's um, John Jones, his is more of. Um, Joanna uses hers like quick punches instead yeah, yeah, yeah. of just gashing, you know, like John Jones uses his like a sword. Joanna uses hers like knives. <laughs> it's yeah. crazy. She it's uses crazy. them on the inside where you would use, where most fighters are using uppercuts, she's using elbows. And uppercuts tend to be very powerful strikes. I love strikes. her. Is she sexy because of how... Yes. 
because of her power, her aura, prowess. if you will. Yeah, right? like it's like if you just saw her on the street, you might not think it, but knowing everything you know, or even probably if you had a brief conversation, you'd be like, "Whoa, this woman's on top of her game in something in life." I would she totally agree like that. And if you're watching her. any of the embedded or countdowns coming up right now on UFC.com or the YouTube channel, you can definitely watch her. And I just love to listen to her mentality because she's always had a very strict mentality as far as it comes in fighting. And it's always been, been a very educated um, point of view, I felt like, in MMA. But she realizes her finite ability in so much amount of time. And she's... She understands that this is what she's doing, and that's it. Like, she devotes all of her time to this, where other people are like, I want to get away from the gym sometimes because I get sick of it. And she's like, no, no, no. I love to do this, guys. You're paying me to do this. I'm going to be the best. Speaking of, I don't forget that. I think Uh that's such a um, good point with, um, I was, did you watch all the embeddeds? Yes, I have. So up to the recent one. There was one line and one, and I'm like, oh. I don't have any doubt in my mind now. I'm picking Stipe because DJ S, when he was walking into the gym, he was just like, oh, hope I, we're going to do light sparring today. Hopefully very light. Like like it was a lazy man's comment. Oh, Dos Santos is what you're oh, saying? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Sorry, okay. <laughs> so he was, yeah. JDS. Yeah, yes, JDS. JDS. <laughs> but um, yeah, and I was just like, oh, that's a that was just a weird not that it's not hard at that point but it uh-huh. seems like at that level JJ like you got to be eating your practices like you crave them I feel like once you're into that last week of training you're like a fucking monster you should be peaking all, everything should be like hitting 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 you should be game fucking sure. on it's championship time There's, I rewatched their first fight I think Steve won Ooh, the first fight it's so close I don't ooh I can't wait till we I, get our breakdown yeah. on that um the one thing that I couldn't not think of when I was watching the embeddeds is Junior's nose is fucking diminishing badly. It used to be straight. It was never really pronounced. He had a fighter's nose, but now he's got this line yeah. down the center of it that I can't not look at it. I don't know if I anyone else knows it. The whole time. That's it. Me too. I'm like, what does he say? What did he say? I can't like, did he just call himself a gypsy? Yeah. That nose is weird. That, that nose, nose is, is nuts. And it was never like that. It's the first time I've really noticed but it. But JJ's is effed up too. And I'm sure. like, you show me the She's fighter that does not get their nose fixed and I'll show you a good fighter. Fucking, don't get your nose fixed. Wait until you're done fighting. When you're done, done Hashtag Misha Tate. Just, if I think if Misha would have just, so what? She has a fucked up nose for two years. But I think when, and you, I don't even know if you've made this comment on, in the podcast, but Uh in life, um, Misha was somebody that no one respected the same way because she sold herself as sexy instead of this fighter Uh for a period of time in her career. And not that people didn't learn to respect her as a fighter, but that there was something weird going on with it. And right, like, you could see that she was getting uh, opportunities because of the way she looked at times. Yeah, yeah. and I think, like, the... Um, it's good he didn't get his nose fixed. <laughs> it's like, it's good, even though it's weird He knows, he understands that, that he'll get it fixed when his fight days are yeah, over. Yeah, and it's like, JJ hasn't gotten hers fixed, and I feel like that's smart. Yeah, that's I think smart there, is, there is... Uh, especially those Polish fighters, there's it's a big fight community. There's inside stuff that people definitely know. Um, getting back to some of the pre-talk, did you hear Justin Gaethje was just recently signed to the UFC? 
No, hasn't he been in the UFC before? He has not. He was actually one of the top prospects outside of the UFC that I've been touting for days. Anytime a Gaethje fight on, I've sent you a text and been like, if you can get on and watch this guy, you should. He's all been the champ for the WSOF, which is turning into the whatever premier fighting league it is now. But he is a wrestler who got into striking. I think he went to either Iowa State or something. No, maybe not. Maybe Ohio. As far as a wrestler, D1 wrestler, he comes in as a very... Um, straightforward power fighter he attacks low attacks though he throws leg kicks harder than anyone as a wrestler you wouldn't think it he has a very muay thai straight up style but on the ground he's like a tim elliott so he's at a buck 45 buck 55 and so he has a muay thai style but then he also has this the ground game game. the ground game the forget like he is fun and he's had fight of the year that's a dangerous outside of the organization so what happens? That's the though, most to me, if I were to pick two fighting styles to bring into the UFC, like if I wanted to learn two things first, I would agree. I would say Muay Thai and wrestling. Yep, that I would, would be agree. Mine. And then Jiu Jitsu is coming in with that, or yeah. And then yeah, yeah. right after, yep. my third is Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, which you I pick up with wrestling. To... It's wrestling and Jiu Jitsu can be, I think, can be hand in hand because you can learn the takedowns as you're learning Jiu Jitsu because it's you're still just a person. I know everybody keeps touting the especially right now boxing's hot again. I know right. everyone's like, "No, I'd be boxing, 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 boxing." Do what you will. I'm going to yeah. keep you at such far distance you're not going to be able to hit me because I'm going to be legging, leg kicks, leg kicks, leg kicks, leg kicks. That's been since And then I'm going to do a double leg takedown without putting my knee on the canvas. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> see, I'm learning just, them now. I see the difference between, but that is what I like about the Tough House this season. Uh-huh. TJ Dillashaw is such a good coach. I agree. He we, is a little prick. I know we said it before, but sure. I'm like, golly, that guy would have inspired me. Like, I know what coaches I had in my life and... TJ, I didn't like the Cody coach, how he's hot-headed. I know some people that are inspired by that kind of coach, sure. like Cody is. I'm not. I'm, I, I think TJ seems like legit, knowledgeable. He's going to have a career outside of this. He will have one of the most successful gyms. That's a prediction for TJ Dillashaw. And uh, who's his boy? Dwayne. Dwayne Ludwig. Yeah. They, like within the next 20 years, we're going to be watching guys that are coming up and TJ will be in their corner. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, go on. I think so. I totally think so. With Justin Gaethje, he's been, um, he just had an interview on the MMA Hour and he's a very smart guy as well. He understands that his fighting style isn't the smartest fighting style. He understands that he uh, is putting himself at risk, like his uh literally traumatic brain injury he brought it up himself like he's like my fighting style isn't conducive to my health but he understands that people pay money for fighters that fight his style and he's been saying that since day one because people say like why do you get in such brawls and he's just like because it's fun i don't like to watch boring ground fights i can fight on the ground but i don't need to um and that's what i he's a Guy who we're going to see, Hick Diaz, on the well, card later think, tonight. Entertainer, it's not it's, a record. And right. that's the thing that everyone's getting so pissed right now with Artem Lobov. And they're like, oh, must be nice to be a guy with 13-13 record and still uh-huh. be in the UFC. And it's like, well, at least you can say every single one of Artem's fights, they're swingers. Yeah, like, they're, they're fun to watch. They're entertaining. He's like a Cub Swanson. Uh-huh. He's kind of like the... They, that was a good matchup because not that it was a great, but it was yeah, a slugfest. Right. People like a slugfest. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And it's it why is, Damian Maya hasn't got a shot yet. I agree with that a hundred percent. And they, I'd say that even the UFC has tended to 
sway away from fighters that fight like Damian Maya, a la why we don't have Ben Askren in the UFC, because he doesn't knock people out. He ground and pounds them. He takes them down, and he wraps them up on it's the ground. It's entertainment, too. But it's because it's not as flashy. The UFC has tried to steer clear of it. Um, and it's going the uh, it's People, it, we're evolving every day in MMA, and we're, every day is breaking news on some sort of historic thing that's happening and fighters coming over and it is a great time to be a sports fan in this era of sport for us right Fighting now it's the in golden general right now would you say it's i know Combat everyone's sports. talking about boxing 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 but i think in general it is the golden age of combat sports in general yeah I like agree. i think i you can pick pinpoint uh huge boxers from history and i think the lot of five guys right now that's like in they w- will be talked about, yep. and they're all fighting right now. The Conor McGregor's, the John Joneses, the Amanda Noons, yep. the DJs. We're seeing JJ. them fight right now. Jay, Jay, she will be a legend. She'll be a pound for pound she of will all be, time. I, that's what I was trying to tell my significant other earlier. I'm like, look at this. You don't understand that she is going to be in record books like Muhammad Ali you don't see that right now, but I'm telling you, and watch in people 30 years. People won't see until the, it's a thick pool and people are holding the belt for three times at it. People yeah. won't know until... DJ's in that boat too. People, people just Same. do get are given, granted, they're uh, taking them for granted. And it's like, no, you don't understand the elite level of a person you're seeing right now. And John Jones has taken himself for granted. Like we yes. all could be... Yes. This last two years, what we could have missed out on sure. just in general, like I think John's ego is big enough. He would have fought DC and I think he would have dropped. Can you imagine? Well, he's been powerlifting or gone up. But I just think we're, we we all are taken away from this art that will never be created. We'll never get to see John Jones again at that age. Right. Yeah, we'll get to see him fight again. But uh-huh. I feel like his prime, that sweet spot we missed it yep but i think we have other guys too i think luke rockholt's gonna be a guy that you know you look back on and you're like holy shit i think we're gonna see mark hunt toward the end of his career and be able to look back like damn that guy was a banger till the end (laughs) oh yeah you know like i don't know i just think we're in this sweet yeah damian maya dominic cruz we got to see cruz come back and be a better dot like we get this potential and he's getting himself all into the cody um uh tj words a uh-huh. little bit right 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 he's inserting himself talking, talking shit on paper <laughs> and um i i don't know it almost seems like what's the chance how loyal is dom to aka like super loyal he seems like a loyal guy he has his own gym being set up and dom i think he's gonna have a string string of women to come through the ufc where you see dom in the corner even years after he's in the ring because of AK or not AK, um, where's he at? Alliance. Wait, yes, yeah, Alliance. Alliance. Yep. Um, but um, I don't know. I'm stoked. I I was watching with um, my wife, and I was showing her JJ yeah. fights and JJ front kicks and JJ leg kicks. I'm just like, look at this woman. Yeah. Look at how. And I watch, let her watch interviews, and I. This is what I would say that JJ has more than anybody else in the UFC, including Conor McGregor. Real confidence. Yeah. 
since day one. Since day she, you one. You can go back to Dave's where against Carla Esparza. I had Carla in that fight too. And I was like, my evil twin was all over JJ. He was like, no, dude. Like, really look at her. She destroyed the women that she got the, there too. And I just felt like the wrestling was going to show through because I like to tend to lean towards a wrestler. And that, after that, I went back and watched her previous fights and was like, yeah, I'm an idiot. I could have made money on her because you're never going to get her for cheap again. Not until she's yeah, in yeah. a twilight of her career. Joanna. Yep. The true champ. She is amazing. She is unbelievable. Um, so with another bit of previous kind of stuff that's been going on, Anthony Pettis, we have Baby Pettis. I mm -hmm. adopted UFC name Baby Pettis. And his brother. Do you remember that we talked on the show a while ago that um, he was getting his cars burnt down? His car, like, Light weird on stuff fire. was happening. Yeah, yeah, and we were like, who did he piss off? What gang in Chicago did he fucking, you know, what's going on? So apparently he was out on the MMA hour as well, and he was saying that, just so all you know, because I found it interesting that they caught the perps. It was a group of eighth graders that they saw a freaking Lamborghini rolling around, and uh, underprivileged people in the area were jealous. Douche. And it was a bunch of 8th graders that got caught and um, ended up from juvie and all that. They keep sending him, like he says, every couple weeks he'll get a card saying, you know, I'm sorry for lighting your cars on fire. Like, two cars, I think, got lit on fire and other, and other property damage. This is Anthony Pettis if they're in friggin' juvie right now. You friggin', those kids get out and you sit with their parole officer and they have to show up at the gym every day after school until 6 at night that would be amazing home that's if if our judicial system and to me uh the more i learn about mixed martial arts in general and just types of people that need to get out their aggression in technical ways if they can focus their uh -huh. aggression and how different their whole lives can be because of it so i just think that would be what you do if you're Anthony Pettis, and I guarantee one of those guys is a champion one day because of it, or at least if they never fight for a living, their whole life's changed because of it, and they will pay it forward. That would be a good movie plot. <laughs> I would watch that. Anthony, his, his freaking insurance pays for that Lamborghini, hands down, and in reality, I guarantee you this, he doesn't go buy another Lamborghini with the money because he's and probably live like, in that area. thank goodness that's gone. Yeah. No, he's probably like, you know, you buy something like that and you're like, this is going to be so cool to have. You don't drive it every day. It ends up like a jet ski. Yeah, it sits in And your Anthony Pettis doesn't have the kind of money where he's going to have like 30 cars. Mm -hmm. So it's like, let's say he has three cars. Do you need a Lamborghini as one of those? Like, especially where he lives. Especially, right. you don't have that shit in a tight Jay Leno garage. You don't need a Lamborghini. Yeah. So it's like, I guarantee you he doesn't buy another Lamborghini. He's probably like deep down thankful that it happened. So uh -huh. he got paid back bullshit money he spent on an old Lamborghini. Cool. He can give these kids some fighting. So he did have insurance and it was taken care of. And because that they found the perps and stuff, I'm sure he's, he's well covered. He said he ain't worried about it anymore. And well, it's just, I... I Closure on the story. I don't know if anyone else cared, but I definitely cared and found it interesting. I don't know. We can keep going on the Twitter stuff and we can get into this card. We do have a 14 fight Let's get card ahead of us. So we've been waiting for this for a good two to three weeks. Uh, well, I feel like three weeks. The last card was a little. I know. What else has been going on in a whole week? 
oh, there's there's been a lot, but it's really specific. Matt Hughes has talked about coming back to the UFC, but only to fight older guys. Don't care. Exactly. So there's stuff that's going on that we could talk about, but what we really are here for, what everyone's here for, Connor listening. Junior. Yes. That yeah, Junior. We got a little Junior Connor in the world. Of Congratulations, course you your kid, Connor. Oh, Jr. I do want to say this was breaking last night. R.I.P. Big Black Boykin. We will miss you. Rob Deirdrick's Big Black passed away last night due to heart complications. No! You didn't hear about that? Yeah, that's breaking. Oh my! Heart breaking. All over. Some sort of I congenital. Love Big Black. I agree. He was endearing, I... lovable. I love that show. I you I watched every every episode of that entire series. It was only like three seasons or something, but he, yeah. He um, coined the term man dime. Man pawn as well. Man pawn. Yeah. He had so many funny. <laughs> so shows. many. He's my fave. Yeah. Like, what a nice fun guy. He yeah, is. yeah, yeah. Oh damn! Um, what happened to him? So apparently he had uh, some sort of I don't know if it's congenital, but because of his ethnicity, I'm assuming it was congenital, but. Uh, some sort of heart compl oh, complications. God. His ex-wife, uh, who he was living with the last couple months, said that he was his health was declining and it was due to heart issues. He wasn't the skinny. He wasn't named Big Black because he was a skinny black guy. No. <laughs> Damn shit. Yeah, no. He was definitely a good one. What a funny dude. Oh well, you and Kimbo Slice freaking have some hot wings and slug it out for us up in the up in the sky in the pie or pie in the sky wherever the hell you are. Big Black didn't he have condoms or something too that they came out Fucking with? Fucking everything. Um, he was the original. What was that dick pill? No, that I don't remember. Extends. Oh yeah yeah yeah. I feel like he was one of the original um guys for extends because why can't it be bigger? <laughs> <laughs> because he already had a big. Yeah. Yeah. He oh, was stripping man. for all the big males in the world. Yeah, oh, was, and then they did what their, like, chunky, like, that video. Yeah, with Bobby Light. Yeah. That was the shit when they brought his uncle in, and they were drinking all that Bud Light all day. They were trying to get sponsored by Bud Light. It wasn't Bobby Light. That was Rob Jerdrick's character. That was when he was little, but when he was chunky, he was Bobby. He had a different name than Oh, Bobby I don't remember that. Because he, they, they all dressed in fat suits. Oh, I do remember. Yes. God, what was it? So... Back to UFC 211, we have a 14-card uh, preview slash breakdown for you guys. We're not going to go over every fight because that's just going to take all day. We're going to highlight um, some of just the key points we want in some of these earlier matches and really get into the meat and potatoes. But I feel like because you can go back and listen to our previous podcasts, we really did a pretty good breakdown on the main event. And there has been stuff that has changed that. In my eyes, we'll talk about that, but I don't think that we're going to necessarily have to get as deep, deep into that main event like we already did once. Yeah, we got time. We'll, we'll, see, we'll see where we go. Sure. We'll try to stay on track <laughs> for the most part unless something crazy comes up. True, unless we get any other late-breaking news yeah, here on the back phone. I, some of these fights, it's not even that I don't even care about them. It's just almost like this card is so stacked. It's like it has Bellator fights on it. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. A hundred percent. We do have a WSOF debuting champ on here. Um, but for the first fight of the night, we are starting off with the 205ers. We have, and these names are going to be horrible. Gosh. Uh, I wish you had a nickname. Murad and Gulov. And Gulov. Against Joachim Christensen. Christensen. So this is contested at a 
205. Aglov is got his second fight in the UFC. He ended up beating Rodrigo de Lima. Who is that the guy who just got beaten in a St. Louis I'm going to tell you. I'm looking at your pick. I have the exact same one. And meh. Yeah. Exactly. So, And I don't know why I picked it. It's probably the same as everybody else picked. I don't know. He just seems like he's a little hungrier. And... Uh, yeah, I don't know why I picked it. I'm I not going to put this on any of my DraftKings. I wouldn't put it on any of my DraftKings. And I know why I picked against Christensen. Because Christensen lost against to Henrique da Silva. Um, where he had hurt De Silva a few times and put De Silva in some really bad spots, but he gassed so incredibly badly that a guy who was also gassing was still able to get the finish on him. Um, rally back when both of us, it was just bad gas tanks on both sides. And I feel like Angulov being a Russian fighter, bringing in that Russian cardio just tends to be, uh, he looked good. I definitely am citing round two Angulov submission. That could go to round three, but Same. yeah. And I will, I think submission. I think either a submission round two or round one, why they're dry. So moving on to the 265 pound division heavyweight, we have Richard Coulter versus uh, Chase Sherman. Coulter's debuting in the UFC. This is his. I have the exact same as you on this. <laughs> but the number one reason isn't because I know anything about old man Rashad Coulter. It's because I am anti-Sherman. I, I was going to say the same thing. I'm playing more <laughs> against Sherman than anything. His loss to um, Ledette was the one... That, that, that was his debut in the UFC. And Ledette picked him apart. Then he lost to Walt Harris. And Walt Harris is the gatekeeper of staying in the UFC. Walt Harris will go on three fight losing streaks and only because it's the heavyweight division does he get a fourth fight and he wins that and then he loses three more. Which is the only reason Sherman's around. Exactly, or else Sherman would have been cut. He's on a two fight losing streak, his first two fights in the UFC against um, Ledette and Walt Harris. Not bad losses, but Coulter being 35, it's he's not old for the division. Sherman just doesn't look like he has that next level. He looked pudgy in all of his fights. Slow. Exactly. Bad fight IQ, as in like... Putting his head down and trying to start brawls, and Walt Harris he just needs so many punches. Exactly, exactly, exactly. There was, there's just not much of an upside I see for Sherman. He is a younger man, and hopefully he's moved around and made changes. But I haven't heard that he has, and I haven't seen anything to the wiser. So I got Coulter TKO round two. Same. Moving on to the 145-pound division, we have Jared Gordon debuting off of Looking for a Fighter versus uh, Michel Quinones. And Quinones is from Colorado Springs. This is his debut in the UFC. Coral Springs. Coral Springs. Sorry about that. And then... There actually is a Colorado Springs. Yeah, so it's I, I might have looked at that wrong. Um, this is a debut and a debut fighter. Gordon was found on looking for a fight, and Quinones is coming out of Florida, Team Wolfpack. Um, I'm not sure where Gordon's coming off of. I just actually watched Gordon's fight and for on the show looking for a fighter, and the guy he fought didn't really impress me. He didn't really impress me other than he had pressure, and he had some okay uh, footwork. Not much of a ground game at all that I could see on there, and I didn't look back at his earlier shows. I think that Quinones, what I did see on tape was all the way around. I saw a better striker. Didn't see much of his ground game as well, but I did like the the movement 
and the pressure that Quinones had. And I think that Gordon bullied his fight to get into the UFC. And only because he was uh, the cameras were there, Dana White was like, we need a fighter. We need to find someone. All right, Gordon, come on. But I know a lot of people are high on Gordon. Everybody. I, he's a heavy favorite. I think he's a heavy favorite. Um, I think I'm talking myself out of this because I had Quinones earlier in the... Or I had Gordon decision earlier in the week. But I'm talking myself into Quinones. I know that... I have Quinones decision. And it's a heavy underdog right now. But I'm like, anytime I see these... Um, Really, just looking for a fighter, it just hasn't been impressive to me. Yeah, there I would agree been a with lot, that. It's been a lot of every single person that I've seen that's come off that show has been all hype. I would agree with that to an extent. There's been one or two diamonds in the rough, but nobody's really been nobody. I mean, Sage Northcutt and Mickey Gall are um, probably the biggest products. Well, <laughs> I think that Sage Randy Northcutt Brown. is all hype. And uh, he's who I was thinking of, actually, in my head when I was said that term. And I would retract it because I actually do like Mickey Gall and think he'll go places in the UFC. So, so everybody but Mickey. I like that we have an early underdog and we're both on that. I Yeah, that, that's going to be one flopping around in my head. I got to watch more tape on both of those fighters. But I am going to lead towards Quinones right now. Moving on to the 140... Well, moving back to the 145-pound division, we have Enrique Barizola versus Gabriel Benitez. These are both uh, tough Latin American competitors, but I feel like uh, Barzola was in the Brazilian tough house and Quinones was in the Mexico tough house. Or Benitez, I mean, sorry. Um, Barzola always... I feel like he doesn't pull the trigger. I feel like he comes in. He was the heavy favorite in the show. I think he was like the number one pick. And he wins a lot of grinding battles. He had wrestling. He's a grappler mainly. His striking is okay. But I feel like he gives up a lot of size to a lot of people. He doesn't really he cut a lot of weight. Camps. But he does stay uh, out of Peru. Is that where he's out of right now? Yes. So... There's only so far he can get, and he lost to Burnack in a split decision and beat Chris Avila in a decision. And remember what we were talking about with Chris Avila versus Arden Lobov? Chris Avila is an 18-year-old fighting 30-year-old men. Yeah. So, Barzola, the fact that he wasn't able to get Avila out of there, and I feel like people should be able to get him out of there. And to Avila's toughness, he, he is a good fighter. Um, I think Barzola... Just, if he doesn't make a change in his camp and his fighting style, people are going to start to pick him apart a lot. And people coming out of AKA specifically are always growing, are really making leaps and bounds. Um, Benitez is now his third or fourth fight in the UFC at AKA. And he does have a loss to Andre Feely via TKO. But he's beat Sam Cecilia via submission. He's also beat Clay Collard via decision. Um, Herberto Morris, he beat. Benitez, I think, is just the guy that's a diamond in the rough. I think he's going to... Benitez gonna... is a heavy favorite. Is he really? Heavy, heavy favorite. Oh, damn. I think that he has a lot of I feel like prospect he's one of the, the guys, um, like he might be, and I could be totally wrong, the most expensive guy on DraftKings. Wow. Or like second most, somewhere up there, where I was like, whoa. Wow, wow, wow. Then I'm not going to play him, but I have been... I was actually thinking that... I could see Benitez finishing this late in the rounds via submission or TKO. Um, but I do have decision right now, Benitez. 
I have the huge underdog on this. I Ooh. have Barzola by decision. Nice. Um, I think uh, he has good cardio. It's going to yes. be a grind. Um, I don't think... I think his wrestling... I don't. I I think he's a grinder, and I'm not worried about him getting submitted, which seems to be uh, Benitez's game. You know, if he's going to win, it's going to be by submission. Uh-huh. So uh, I'm not worried about Barzola getting submitted. Hopefully, um, if he keep gets to the ground, he'll keep it there. Boring fight, Barzola decision. That's what I think is going to happen. Uh-huh. I, mean, he, I know it's a huge underdog pick. Benitez but. is 9,000. So he's not the highest, but he's up there. He's towards the top. He's the fourth highest on DK. Um, but that means he's a pretty big favorite all the way around. And I could I could see it. I think he's a better all-around fighter. But Barzola is a grinder. That's his fighting style. He's never in just a one-sided fight. So I think it's a valid point. Um, Barzola isn't going to give up in there. And he's I never given up in a, a fight. And I think he's a bigger ever. 145-er, Barzola. You know what? I'm going to change that. For some reason, if it's a weird weight cut, this will be the fight that it matters. I think if somebody's going to miss weight, it's going to be in this fight. Interesting. Neither so, of these uh, guys, to me, are natural 145-ers. Interesting. Neither. And Barzola, just his bot, his build, yeah. seems like a rough cut for him. So, But he is a, such a big guy. Yes, he is. So... This will be the fight that will all matter about them weigh-ins, people. <laughs> so moving on to... This has been a flip-flopper. The 115 Not my division. Not flip-flop, but... I would agree. We have Jessica Aguilar versus Courtney Casey. Um, Aguilar's loss in the UFC is to Gadelia, which Gadelia is the number two. Other than JJ, I see Gadelia as the real number two in the division at 115. And... Courtney Casey has come Same. up short against Gadelia. Same. And also, she lost a decision to Sohi Ham, who's no longer in the UFC. And Calderwood's a, is a reputable loss. Um, but that decision to Sohi Ham, yeah, remember was that was a, a friggin' brawl. Yeah, I would agree with it that. And I could have given it to Casey in that. I could have definitely. And the fact that Courtney Casey uh, tapped out Ronda Marcos, and I know Marcos was a favorite in that fight. That was a big win for Courtney Casey. So these both of these ladies are coming off of a loss. Streak. But this is a really fun fight. Um, the weird thing with Aguilar uh, here, yeah. a lot of time off. A lot of time off. Yeah, I don't Too know. Too much to me. I It could have been an injury. I can't remember off the top a, of my head what it was. A year and nine months now yeah. in the UFC is like it used to be. Like might as well be three years. The only reason that I'm not as worried is that this is why we always praise American Top Team. is because they have nine fighters on this fight card. That's unreal for a gym. To have nine fighters and the pay-per-view, I think they got like three or four of those fighters. To have a gym doing that, So what? as far as I'm bringing this all back around to Jessica Aguilar. It's because they have the heavyweight fight. They have the main event. They usually do that though, oh, when they have the, the like but you'll see if the main event uh-huh. and co they load those teams are both the so you got JJ and Dosan well, and they have both the, from the same gym right so it's like I think when you have there must be something in contracts because I've noticed it before uh-huh. with like you know we'll see a lot of like alpha male guys on yes or we'll see yes, a lot yes, of yes. you know and on the same card so I wonder if they get to sign in three of their people or two of their people into so if all the main events all the top fights are all American top team a lot of the undercard is going to be right what I was getting back to with Aguilar is that at the gym she's at they 
know how to get people into shape for a fight, they do it better than anyone else. They've had fighters all be injured multiple times over in their camps and come back and look good, if not better. They know how to work with people. ATT is doing next level stuff, not just in the training, outside of training. If you come to American Top Team from another country, you have to go to English classes. That is people that are thinking outside the box. They're not just worried about your next fight. They're worried about the long game. And I feel like that plays in Aguilar's favor. I like Aguilar. I think all the way around, she's worse on the ground, but she has okay takedown defense. It's whether they can get to the ground or not. It is. This is a fight I'm staying so far away from because it's so such a flippy fight for me. I've gone back and forth. I think it's a decision, and I think that's the best way to bet this fight. It goes over the 2.5 rounds. But um, I got Aguilar decision right now, and I feel like it's not going to change from that. It, yeah, I've gone back and forth. <laughs> I did have Aguilar twice this week, but I'm pretty confident now. I have Casey decision. I think that um, she's just growing in her fight still. And to me, she's in her sweet spot of age where the brain and the body are coming together right there in that 30-year mark. Whereas... Um, Aguilar is old, old for fighting. Yeah. She's grandma in there. Like, she doesn't have this. So, a year and nine months lets me think, did she have an injury? And I don't know if she had an injury, but I know Courtney Casey knows if she had an injury or not. So, 35 years old lady, your body ain't going to heal from that injury the same. And even if you don't think so, you're going to be ginger with whatever that thing was. So, she's not the same woman that left the ring with Claudia Gadelia, where I'd say Courtney Casey's better than the Courtney Casey that lost to Claudia Gadelia. So, going with Courtney Casey on this fight. What do you think is going to have decision? Decision. Okay. I think it's decision city, but I think that... um, the gas tank of uh, Courtney Casey's going to come into play. And she got dirt. Like, even in the Kim fight, she threw the whole time. I remember thinking, like, yep. wow. Yeah, what a, I would agree with that. Whereas Gadelia, you know, she just gets people down and makes it impossible for them to get up. Makes it impossible for anything to happen. She grounds and pounds, grounds and pounds, grounds and pounds. So it's like... That's the game, and she did it to both fighters. Right. So I just think both fighters, if they try to have a stand-up game, Courtney Casey wins there, and I also think Courtney Casey's better on the ground. So I could see it go on submission for Casey, but I'm going to stay with Casey decision. Nice, 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 nice. I like it, I like it. It's a testament to how fun this card is going to be. Is this is nothing, the, you guys. Right. This is nothing. We're not even in the meat and potatoes yet. These are all still Fight Pass. This is Calamari. And I believe the fights are going to be on Fight Pass and then FX. Not FS1 or FS2 or Fox. FX and then Pay-Per-View. Wow. Yeah, exactly. So we're moving on to the 155 division. We have James Vick versus Polo Reyes. This is one of my own... I have so many most anticipated fights for this tonight. Like You love any James Vick fight, though. Any James Vick and Polo Reyes fight. Mm-hmm. Polo Reyes had the contender for the fight of the year. Yeah. Um, but I will say that James Vick is the better all-around fighter. He is the smarter fighter. He is the taller fighter. He is the better boxer and the better submission artist. He has better takedowns and... Polo Reyes has a Mexican spirit, and that gets him through a lot of fights because he's been in knockout, dragout wars with lower-level competition. I mean, the fact that he beat Novelli in a split decision. Novelli is out of the UFC now, but um, 
Polarius can put himself into situations that he doesn't need to because he wants to get in there and scrap. And that's that's the finishing ability that you might not um, be ready for. Like somebody who's going to come at you and give you everything they have. You can be a better fighter, but if you get caught on the chin with something you don't expect, you can be finished. And Polar Reyes has that ability. He comes at people with that type of ferocity. So it's a really hard fight. I know James Vick is a huge favorite. Would you say it's similar to Jessica or um, to Andrade? She, he has a similar fighting style where it's pressure, 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 yes. pressure, pressure, pressure. Yes, yes. Like, where it changes people's whole game plan exactly. because of the amount of pressure. Exactly. And people will always uh, be like, oh, that's a bad fighter. They'll, Derek Brunson. Pressure, pressure. Whether it's good or bad pressure, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's pressure. And if it's you style. can take it, if you can take that initial barrage and stay standing and beat the fighter, good on you. But if you can't, they win. They will finish you. And, and somebody who's smart enough to take that barrage is James Vick. He's been in there with heavier hitters who have a similar style. Abel Trujillo was a big, for me, a big step up for James Vick. And he showed it really well. James Vick's biggest knock is that he's constantly hurt. He's a guy who has had multiple hand surgeries. Maybe not hands, but I know ankles, shoulders, others. He's been he sat out for a couple years early in his career. And he's not old. Um, due to injury, and he's just like he tries, 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 tries. He his only loss in the UFC is to Benil Dariush, and Benil Dariush is a very underrated fighter. You know how I feel about um, Benil. Not to mention, uh, so much bigger than every uh, fighter than James Vick. Like so much bigger. Benil he doesn't fight at one fifty five anymore, does he? Yes, he does. Actually, oh, I, I would say, was... no, James Vick is actually probably the tallest 155 Yeah, I know he's super the entire... tall, but he's, like, thin. I, yeah. I thought Benil Dariush, for some reason, was, like, natural. He could fight no. at 170, but he, like, shrunk down weight. Oh, I think he did just actually fight at 170 pounds. Yeah, I thought he was, like, he's bigger yeah, over time. He moved so up. I'm, like, when you see that a guy can move up, and then, like, if you look now at a 170-pound guy that got knocked out by, um, who's your boy, that one, uh, uh, Fat Stillum, Cat Stillum, Yeah, 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 Kevin, Fat Boy. Kelvin. Kelvin. You're, like, <laughs> well, you see Kelvin now kind of in where you're like, whoa, he looks really great at 185. And then uh -huh. when you see someone look so good at a different weight class that's higher, it's like, shit. So you only got knocked out by a guy that's like, you know, in Tyron Woodley's weight class, that's not bad for me at 155. I don't know. Well, that's how I kind of... A thing that I think you're... Also, you touched on a bit that I think is a real factor is James Vick is 30 years old. He doesn't fight as regularly as a lot of other fighters. His last fight was only two months ago. He won decision over Trujillo, but... With a beautiful Dars. Yeah. Yeah, it's because he's 6'3", 155 pounds. You can't emulate that. The same that. thing's going to happen with Reyes, I feel like. Um, or, uh -huh. Reyes. Uh, Reyes. I think I, I now... The, the submission, he's so tall. Yep. He comes down, he can get behind guys' necks without even having to get into he any kind of... He has this arm triangle that he uses as a scissor where... He puts, people will shoot on him and he'll stick his arm. I pulled this up on video to show you because it's such a unique way to submission. Yeah, that's, and I was like, it's because he's 6'3 the last time he fought. But um, the weight cut for James Vick, he's only getting older. There's a point in time when you're 6'3 and you can't make, you can't make 155 pounds. So I think that you touched on that a little bit. And I think that that's a real factor we have to wait for. I do have James Vick's submission be around three. Um... But I'm telling you guys, 
stay away from it. Uh, he is the most expensive at, I think, 9-4 on DraftKings. How does that sound? James Vick, the most expensive. Well, I, I don't think it's... I actually, until last night, uh-huh. I had the big underdog on this. You had Reyes? Yeah, because yeah? I think he can knock him out. That's exactly. I think he There's... has that crazy yes. kind of power. Um, and uh, I think height-wise is enough of a discrepancy but the one thing about Poyo is that he is not as short as other guys that Vic does this to. Agreed. Usually Vic's They're fighting 5'8". Five five eight. Eight. Yeah. Exactly. So I feel like that extra three inches and how strong is Reyes? How strong is he? He looks physically I feel like sure, if he yeah. keeps that neck back he could clip him and I just changed it Yeah. but I watched Vic's last. I feel like it makes me bias a little bit. <laughs> but everything being said this fight I agree with you. Stay away from it. And it, yeah. I even think you could put Polo Reyes on a card. And I, I feel like James Vic is a minus uh, 400 or something like that favorite. How it long is... ago was that knockout again? For Polo Reyes or for? No, for James Vic. Uh, it was... I tend to sway with the Mexican. Uh, Ten months ago? I know, I agree. I agree, but there is so... The level of competition that James Vick has had compared to Polo Reyes has been much higher, and he's beat them in easier fights than Polo Reyes has I had. have Vick submission round two. Exactly. <laughs> you just can't give Vick's that away. Two, but, but it's a I fun, stylistic fight. And I don't fight. think you can... The, the amount he is favorited, I think, is crazy. Minus 425. Crazy. That's too much. You got to give yeah. a little more. And I would say, if you want to throw a crazy bet out there, you put Reyes on a couple of those, and he'll give you your money back plus some. If that, he has, he has a shot. He has a twenty-five percent chance. He of has a shot. Out he has me. a shot. I think people are underrating that fight. It is going to be a hell of a fight. I cannot wait. That's definitely such a such a interesting stylistic matchup all the way around. Moving on. To the 185-pound division, we have David Branch coming over from the WSOF. He is a two-time champion at the WSOF, or two-division champion at 185 pounds and 205 against Krzysztof Jutko. And Jutko came off a knocking out. Well, he beat Talis Leitas in a decision, and he knocked out Tanda McCory. And I believe Jutko's... The barn cat? The barn cat. <laughs> he ended up uh, decisioning pretty much everyone. He's been known to be a decisionator, Jutko has. And Tandem was so knocked out that he... His last memory before that knockout was him mowing his lawn a week before. Holy hell. And it was a jab. Like, Jutko hit him with a straight jab. But Juco doesn't, he's never really hurt too many other guys. Well, he has hurt him, but he's not finished. If you look at his 10, he's only lost once. If you look at his, uh, or nine, he has 19 wins, one loss. If you look at most of his wins, they are decisions. He has a couple TKOs in there. I may be a submission I, in his early, early career, but it is interesting that they gave Branch this steep of competition immediately he is coming off of being a champ uh he is the older fighter david branch is power fighter he has a lot a lot of strength he does have a ground game actually his ground game is the biggest thing that he was he's out of the Renzo, henzo gracie academy i was thinking of a different fighter um david branch gets you to the ground grind on pounds he's physically very imposing Big lineage in the jiu-jitsu field, but I feel like Jutko I've seen on the ground, and he 
might not finish you, but he can stifle you on the ground. He's not going to give up a submission. And I think that Branch could have had a couple other fights in and not be this high a level of fighter. It's Branch has the potential of getting Jutko down because he's very physically imposing, but I don't like his shots. I feel like he reaches, and that can always be you, bad for you. The UFC does not like anyone to come into their organization a winner. Yeah. They don't like it. They want to prove to prove you the right Bellator away. guy and prove to the WSOF guy, like, no, this is where the big dogs run. Like, they, it's, they, they have this almost like a history of doing it. I feel like Alvarez's first fight into the – like, they feed him to the do- wolves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is just one of those fights that I think the competition level that David Branch was facing is not the same as Judko. And Judko is so young. Two things with him. Yep. He is so friggin' young. He's not even into the sweet spot of his career, and he's learning, learning, learning. And I think that any time that you can see a Polish flag raised on this fight night, uh-huh. you will see a Polish flag raised on this fight night. So Judko being from Poland, those... That's the country. That's the... The fighters. Oh, yeah. If you look at their Muay Thai, their Dutch kickboxing, it was named after them. It was just kickbox. It was just Muay Thai. But they developed such an interesting style that the world says, I Oster Overeem. He's a Dutch kickboxer. I, I could go on for days. Um, but I agree. Judeco decision. Yep. Um, if it's next, I just... The, the number one thing to me is I... Um, think that uh, the other dude has a chin. I don't think he's going to get knocked out. I don't think it's going to be just a jab and a knockout. I agree with that. I think 100%. he has okay cardio, but not that UFC three-round cardio. I would So I think that. toward the end, um, it's just going to be a ground stifle. It might actually be a boring fight. It... Jutko has bored me in other fights. This yeah, is no one, no one, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not telling you, oh, he's a flashy knockout artist, because he's not. He doesn't have tons of power. He's a technician more than anything, um, but he is developing, and it's a really good point. He is getting better and better every fight. He hasn't stagnated in his career, and he is the favorite, minus 150 right now to Branch, and... Branch could get a weird submission, though. If he's a submission artist, it yeah. looks like he is, and everybody's looking at the Damian Maya game plan, I don't know. It could be. That's the fun of the night. UFC that we're about to watch is the Anaconda years. So I don't know, but right now I agree with you. Nice decision. He's the decisionator. (laughs) I agree. Moving on to the 145 pounds, very anticipated fight. You know I've been on these boys nuts for a while. We got Chas Kelly versus Jason Knight. Hick Diaz himself. I wish Jason truck nuts night. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag truck nuts. Truck nuts. Um, I believe Knight's out of Tallahassee, Florida. Or, yeah, I think it's that. But um, we know what we're getting with him. A guy, he's a sprawling brawl. He likes to keep the fight standing. But if you go to the ground, he has a very um, high guard. Like, he's always throwing up submissions. But Chas Kelly... That's where he thrives, is on the ground. Chad Skelly is a grinder, um, ground and pound, submit you kind of guy. His last loss is to Darren Elkins in a decision, and we just saw what Darren Elkins do. We understand how undervalued Dar- Darren Elkins is. The damage. Ex- the damage. Inflicted his damage on Skelly. Skelly's come back and beat Maximo, Maximo Blanco, who is a legitimate, was a legitimate fighter. kind of teeter-tottering in and out of the UFC now. And... He beat 
a Krish Gusha something. Gruz Mecha. Via rear naked choke, but that was, I believe, a short notice fight. I believe he had a fight, a really fun fight, that fell through within like three days notice. So it was a, he just fought in his homeland because it was, I believe, over where he's from. And Skelly is definitely wears you down. He's, the damage got him because he got, he did what the damage, he ended up grinding him out with wrestling takedowns being persistent it's whether jason knight can get up or not it's if jason knight can stand up from the takedown the striking is in knight's favor but i'd say all of the ground game if it gets to the ground and jason knight can't get back up to his feet it'll be a decision because chaskelly will just stay on top of him and just constantly hit rabid punches and it'll turn into a decision for skelly but I do think, personally, that Knight has been growing a lot. And I've heard that he's jumped around to other camps. He hasn't stayed at Justice, but he's still not officially a part of any other camp. And he is out of Florida. If you're in the Mecca state for MMA right now, I feel like it is Florida with the I amount agree. of camps that are out here. So it's not hard for him to get on the 95 or whatever and travel wherever he needs to for a day to get some good sparring. And I think Jason Knight has this fight in a decision. I think this is could go either way. I really am excited for this. I got Knight as the underdog right now at plus 110. I mean, the this is a minus 130 for Chas Kelly. The plus odds the, were a lot whoo. different last night. Knight was a bigger Movement. underdog. Oh, wow. People yeah. are coming in on Knight? Yeah. Hey. I came in on Knight whoop, whoop. as well. I totally, I have Knight decision. I just think the kid's flashy. He does what the judges want to see. He's good on a microphone. Yep. He is 24 years old. Are you kidding me? Yep. Are you kidding me? And how much have we seen him grow from fight to fight? That, so so I don't think Chaz Skelly... We can see Chaz Skelly's tape and see what he's going to do in his next fight. Some guys are destined. And mm. Jason Knight's a guy you see up there for a while. He has a big following because of his post-fight press conferences and his everything. Like... People want to. Um, the fact that he is Hick Diaz, <laughs> the fact that he's getting uh, asked to go on UFC tours and stuff, it's proof. And hopefully he keeps on it because that's what we want to see. And he's taking the note. He's talked about he's grown a lot in his Twitter following and everything else. And it proves if you talk and you want to stand up and strike, we're willing to watch. We're willing to pay for that. And I just think takedown defense overall in the UFC is just getting to such a point I agree with that figured out yeah I would agree with that everything it's everything so so all right now we're moving on to the main card so that was our that was the prelim main event now we have the pay-per-view this is one of the most anticipated reviews of the recent year I gotta get off work work to see this gotta get out early somehow um what other fight in the near future do we even see with this type of level of this card? Nothing in the near future. They keep talking about Jones, GSP, all these, but these are all sporadic one fights on different pay-per-views. The fact that we have these many good fight quality fights on one pay-per-view. I don't care about watching woo! GSP or Anderson Silva fight. Everyone keeps trying to make flair with those fights, and I'm like, yep. shh, those I, aren't my, that's yeah, not I my agree. shit. That's not my shit. Put Jason Knight on a pay-per-view. Or this next fight 
is a killer fight. This also uh, unreally anticipated fight. We have Eddie Alvarez at 155 pounds versus Dustin Poirier. Eddie Alvarez just comes off of a loss to Conor McGregor that was a knockout loss five months ago. And Dustin Poirier is coming off of a win versus Dustin Miller. Oh, yeah. he. Dro- I mean, you can't question Eddie Alvarez's toughness. He got dropped four times, I think, in that fight and then finally was out of there. Eddie Alvarez had trouble with a southpaw. Conor McGregor, he got ready for a southpaw and circled right into that. And as I was talking about it before, we've broken these fights down a few times. Um, Dustin Poirier has is a southpaw with a he's he has power in his punches. I think Eddie might get finished again. I totally think that Eddie Alvarez is the more well-rounded all-around fighter, but the power I would give to Poirier, and I would give, um, no, I wouldn't even say the, there's no, only the power, the striking and the power I'll give to Poirier, but Eddie Alvarez is a better wrestler, better grinder, better chin, Uh, maybe, it's five months ago, he got dropped four times five months ago, and then finally got finished, who else was doing that, Donald Cerrone? What about... Dustin, what was his last loss? His last loss was a TKO to Michael Johnson. He got he was out. He Cold. was out. Cold. That like was seven months ago. Knockouts of the year. Yeah, he was out. He was out, and he came back and won a decision against uh, Miller. What leg kicks was heavy in that fight? Remember that fight? His leg. Woo. And I love Jim Miller. Yeah, tough as nails. I, yeah, like, tough as I nails. I love Jim Miller, but Jim Miller is not the level. Of the guys that Eddie's been fighting. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Eddie has come up. I mean, his... Here's the thing that I think is going to happen with Eddie. I think that he trained so hard for McGregor. And he it wasn't the punches that threw him off his game plan. It was McGregor that threw him off his game plan. Yes. I feel like he trained... Dustin is not as good of a southpaw as McGregor is. And so what Eddie has trained for, and he has, I think mentally he's ready mm-hmm. to come back and be a fighter again. And he needs a win. I, I think he's not ready to go out to pasture yet. Eddie Alvarez, Eddie Alvarez still has some fight in him. And Dustin Poirier never beats the top guys. Ever. He never beats the top guys. Yeah. He chokes every time. And I think that Eddie Alvarez trained for McGregor and is going to fight Dustin Poirier like he's McGregor and he's just going to stay in his game plan because that, it would be a southpaw he would just have to keep going on what he did like, so he's is, had X amount of time to get ready number one thing he kicked himself for over mm-hmm. and over again I cannot believe I didn't stay with my game exactly. plan I did the opposite of my game yep. plan so I feel like he's going to go out there and stick with that game plan and get to rinse some of this what a horrible feeling that guy I felt for him after that fight yeah that was a rough one. <laughs> oh, that it, was. It wasn't just the beating. It was all the shit. T- I felt like the ego. It was the oh, crushing of his ego. I had Eddie. And I definitely think that he is a top contender. I think he's a perennial top five guy for a little bit right now. And it, do you see what camp Eddie's been at? Top team, is it? Uh, no, the Black Black Zillions. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I think he's been with Usman. He's been hanging out with those guys. The game plan was never to stand with McGregor. And I don't think he's going to stand with Eddie. I think 
we're, or Dustin. I think we're going to see old school Eddie Alvarez. This is just has the potential to go anywhere, and both fighters. I mean, Poirier's but I don't got think a he's slick round game. Him. I think it's going to be Alvarez's decision. Nice. I got Poirier TKO round two. I think that Alvarez has been in this sport for a long, long time. Um, at 33, and he was a wrestler, longtime wrestler, and Poirier always has been a fighter. He there was early when he first came into the sport, he was just. Um, known as a fighter on his street, but he had power. He broke some kid's jaw when he was a kid uh, with a straight left, and they sued his family, and his mom talked about it. Like, yeah, we always had to pay. And he was just... Look, this is too, a Florida fight. American yeah. top team, Black Zillion yep. fight. This That's is, really entertaining. This is a really entertaining fight. I can't wait There's for this fight. Florida, Florida people out of Florida on this card. Oh, yeah, tons. It is stacked, stacked. So we are in the Mecca definitely here in Florida for fights, and... Good time to be living down here. Next fight we have at 125 pounds, we have Henry Cejudo versus Sergio Pettis. I think people are underestimating how great this fight's going to be. I actually, for the main event, this is one of the ones that I'm kind of... this. I'm stoked for this fight, but it's not an absolute must. Like, there's... Oh, I really like it. Oh, it's, like it is it is a fun fight. It is a fun fight. It really... This is a big step for baby Pettis. This is definitely... Huge. And I actually... Is Pettis... Oh, okay. Cejudo's taking a huge jump right now. Yeah. That's, Moderate that's favorite. That's exactly where it should be. I I think, uh, to me, Cejudo runs a camp. Cejudo runs a camp on baby Pettis. Oh, uh-huh. He runs a clinic. He just, he just fucking tunes him up yeah. all the way around. Do you think that he does it in the striking or the wrestling? It's going to be wrestling. It's going to be wrestling. Cejudo, though... I know that his striking's his, getting better and better, and his leg kicks are getting better and better. He talks when he won the Olympics. Like, well, he's all credentials. He's a gold medalist. He deserves all of that. He is an amazing wrestler. Go back and watch Henry Cejudo's wrestling tape to win it. He was wrestling a Korean, and Korea has really good wrestlers globally, um, especially in the women's divisions. But that Korean dude did not know what was coming at him. Henry Cejudo was winning the match and still shooting like he was down two points. I mean, he put a pace on him. Henry Soto has the ability to, uh, I mean, be gold, be the top caliber fighter. He's only lost to DJ and Joseph Benavidez in a split decision. Those are the only fights he has ever lost in his career in MMA. Um, Baby Pettis, it's his biggest step up. He definitely has on a four fight or three three fight streak. You just said something so important, too. The last two fights that he fought were five-round fights. Right. And it's who's... To me, Benavidez is the number two. The only reason that he's not the champion is because DJ is the champ. Or else... Because Benavidez walks through everybody else as well. You can see it. Ever Anyone who isn't Demetrius Johnson... Benavidez was on, I think, five-fight streak How before he lost other, again. How many um, fighters do you think tried to get that girl... Ooh, I know. Little freaking Olivia fucking... What's her Benavidez? name? Benavidez? Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, now it's Benavidez. Megan Olivia. Yeah. I mean, Megan Olivia Benavidez. Um, yeah, she's a little pea. She's a little dime piece. But she's a tiny... When you see... how You know how small Benavidez Joe B is. Like, he's five foot six. No. He's shorter, and she puts heels like on. She's still, three. yeah. She puts shoes on, and is still shorter than him. She's a little itty bitty girl, but definitely die piece. So I got the Hudo decision. Same. Uh, I think that 
Cejudo's gonna, I think he's gonna box him though. I think Cejudo stays traditional boxing, he goes to wrestling. He hasn't really mixed them well together. Um, but yeah, I see a decision there all day. This could be any Fox card main, main event. This could even be a co-main event on a pay-per-view. But we have it just in the regular old pay-per-view. Agree with you. Frankie Edgar versus Yair Rodriguez at 145 pounds. This is the biggest step up that Yair has taken. I know people say BJ Penn because BJ Penn um, uh, was a former champ. But BJ Penn was a shell of himself. So you can't you really put that in con yeah. <laughs> consideration. Um, it's really interesting how Pettis, and it's kind of the new guard versus the old guard in these last two fights. A lot of the fights are young all guys. Night. Yeah, all night long. Very young guys against the older, the older guys. Skelly, uh, like all all through them. There's yeah, a bunch of kids versus uh, it's it's, a, it's changing a changing of the guard. It is. It's a good card. That's the card that's changing of the guard. That's gonna be our changing of the card. <laughs> oh, but <laughs> So we got stylistically. Such a fun fight. We know what we're getting with Frankie Edgar. He's not making any huge uh, leaps and bounds in his abilities because we know what we're getting. But the abilities he has are championship level abilities. We know that he's a top two fighter in the division. He only loses to the champ via Jose Aldo or I think he could beat Connor. I'll say it right now. Say it right Well, no, now at 145. Who's at the 145 division champ? Uh, Aldo. So he can't beat the champ. So he's and the number two. Then uh, Max Holloway. Oh, yes. Yes. So, that Max Holloway. Max Holloway against anybody right now I'm going to die for. But Yair, this is where he, if Yair gets this and he gets the next belt tie, uh, match after Aldo Holloway. And whoever loses the Holloway-Aldo match. This is just um, also contendership. This is a very pivotal fight for the division right now. This tells us whether Edgar is, this is the next contender there's the first defense for whoever wins the belt at this Aldo Holloway fight. Edgar's wrestling and just all-around experience, we know that Frankie Edgar can put the type of pace that Yair likes to put out. And Yair will try to go uh, a next level, even if he doesn't have it in the gas tank and leave it all out there. And I feel like Frankie Edgar has the experience to, be, to let him do everything he needs to. And... Gas a little bit, and then Frankie Edgar is going to take over with striking and takedown. Striking and takedown. He's not going to submit you, but he is going to keep you on your back the whole time. Yair can throw up a lot of really interesting stuff, but with the amount of wrestling Ed Edgar has, he just stifles it. But I was also just watching... So Yair is so flashy that it wouldn't surprise me if a knee comes out of nowhere and knocks Frankie Edgar dead out. I don't see it happening, but that's the ability that Yair has in any fight. Yair has fought zero real competition. Right. He is all hype. I really like him. I would pick him. I mean, Bruce Leroy would maybe be his biggest competition. Exactly. Good call. Good I'm call. I'm like, Bruce Leroy is no Frankie Edgar. Frankie has Not the answer close. for every Yair kick. And it's going to be a single leg takedown, but just like you say. And I think the grounding and pounding can get so nasty on him and in elbows that he lands that by ground or the round three i think we're gonna see so many superficial cuts on the top of yair's face uh -huh. and i think there could be a submission 
I think Frankie could finish the fight. I think he's going to be fighting a little more emotionally than we have seen because Yair asked for this fight. He yep. called out Frankie. N nobody calls out the answer. No Nobody, one. which is why this is such a fun fight as well. So, like, Yair's not taking, he doesn't want Yair's a, a young guy, and, you know, a few years from now when Frankie's on his way out, he will beat him. They'll do this fight again. Yeah, yeah, Maybe rematch. Maybe it's a little for the story. And some of these young guys, like, I do feel like Knight might be ready to take his position in the changing of the guard. But to me, Yair is not ready to take it from the answer yet. Frankie's not ready to go yet. So, my is right now Edgar's submission round three. Ooh, I like the submission. Um, I think as well that the three-round fight actually plays against Frankie Edgar a little bit because Yair can let it all go. For you three had rounds. no cardio, BJ fat. <laughs> well, yeah. And you see, remember how lazy those Yair kicks got at the end? How he lazy always those slows kicks down. Got? He slows and down. What, a who lot. do you not want to throw a slow kick to? Yeah, yeah, I would agree. So, what yeah. I would say with this fight is, hey, you're getting value. On Frankie Edgar at minus one twenty five, I could see him being a two to three to one favorite, and I would I would still put him on a couple cards. I just feel like he's over. We're we're seeing an overmatched fight. A the, lot of flashy I stuff. I think works. your only thing here uh -huh. is you know when you leave it in the hands of the judges. If it does go to decision, yeah, you're so flashy. And that we know as educated fight fans that we're like, Frankie won that all day. He got X amount of takedowns. He landed all this, this, this. Uh -huh. But sometimes it's that superficial weird kick or knee right. that Yair can do to take rounds. So right. it could, it, because you were just saying three rounds is detrimental to Frankie, that's where I agree with you as well. Yep. When you take it to five and he wins the last two and it's easy Decisively, to see. Yeah, exactly. It's a different monster, but it's Frankie's never been known for his power. Agreed. So he's going to have less time to kill him by a thousand cuts. I would agree with that, but we know Frankie can push up pace. Yeah. We know, but yeah, Frankie, not ready for Frankie. Yeah. That's what I th I'm kind of thinking, and I love me some Mexican fighters, and I think that this, even though it's going to come out to be a loss for Yair in my eyes, he's going to grow. We thought he grew before. This is where he's going to yes. take I agree with a you. fucking a football field of experience because you can't train for a fight. With Frankie Edgar, you got to be in a real fight, but the real time experience he's gonna get is gonna be through the roof. Can't wait for that fight. Um, it, it on the odds again. I think the odds are a little skewed. I think Frankie should be the b bigger favorite. Moving on to the this could almost could be this could be the main, event. main event. Yeah, this anywhere. could be a main event on a pay per view. I think this is my most. I know people are saying the other, the main and co main. This really for me is, and if you've been listening to us for any amount of time. The best stylistic matchup that we've had in a very, very, very long time. We're going to be talking about this fight for years to come and being like, remember that legendary fight? People didn't know what they were seeing with that. We have, the reason I think... These are two of the most under, underrated fighters in the UFC. Yes. Except to real fight fans that get it all. And the real fight fans that get it all, out of all the other fights that we've seen that have fallen on their face, all the other fight like the Habib fights, the fights that we, the Ferguson, the fights we crave, the one that's coming up, the Aldo Holloway, uh -huh. those are like fighter fan fights. Yes. Those aren't the Ronda Rousey boo-ha-ha. -ha. This is a fighter's fight, and it could be like of the last few years, one of the ones I'm most excited about. Yeah. I can't even... The reason I feel like I get so excited, because we've broken this down a few times, that... We're seeing 
somebody who is ultra proficient in one level we don't see too many fasters masters true masters in this sport they are masters of mma but it's all kind of mma where damian maya is a true master at brazilian jiu-jitsu he's mixed in mma aspects to be able to get people to the ground or be able to hold his own standing but when he gets you to the ground is where you see true magic and that's just we're not going to see that too much longer because there's not I think that a lot of combat sports fans are going to go away from the Muay Thai or start there always wanting to get to the UFC. They're going to use other sports as bases to get to MMA and Damian Maya is almost a relic of a of the jiu-jitsu guys. A lot of them are just it's just he's a Jacare Souza in a lot of ways. Yeah, 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 without the power and Masvidal's takedown defense. People don't under people are gonna underrate that. His number one training partner for the last few years has been Colby Covington, who comes out of Oregon, who's a very underrated fighter as well. Um, and Colby Covington, Masvidal went to OSU to get his wrestling better. He's constantly since he got at top team has always been doing wrestling camps. A lot of fighters get away from wrestling camps later in their career. Why? Because they suck ass. They're hard as fuck. Wrestling camps suck. There, you drill, you go against other beasts, and you just get incredibly tired. You get beat all the freaking time. And they, there's reasons why people don't do them. Or they go and they bring the camp to them and they do it at their home gyms. Jorge Masvidal, that he's going to colleges to still do this, he's training with the Division One level champion. Oregon State has got a legitimate program where other people from other aspects come to train with them as well underrated school up for the Pacific Northwest. The Bean always says, you want to stifle some... Jiu-Jitsu! You do it with... Wrestling all day long. So, we know the striking goes to Masvidal. I'm going to change mine again on air. This fight, I've gone back and forth all week. I've uh, for weeks yeah. with. And I'm going to change it again on air because we are hashtag Team Game Bread here. We are. That is and true. And I changed to Maya submission round two um, just for the pure fact he's an enormous man compared to Jorge. Enormous. I Jorge moved up from 155, and Maya has all been moving down for a while. So, he's fought a few times at 70, but he was. But big. here's the other thing. Yeah. That this is for real. My changing right now on air Woo! that I just had to do, and you've been mentioning American Top Team all day. Jorge has probably been fighting a lot. My guess is with a Brazilian heavyweight. So he's like a guy this big isn't as big as Dos Anjos. Uh-huh. Or um yeah, Dos yeah, Anjos. Yeah, yeah. Like so you have another Brazilian guy who's not necessarily a jiu-jitsu but he's an enormous guy, Brazilian, grew up in all those same camps that everyone came out of and now he's at American Top Team down in what Coral Gables or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. He all the way around they jump around at those. They make one their main gym but oh, they jump damn. around. Damn. I don't know. I This is why I went back to Maya this morning. Right, 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 right. Is because I don't like the cowboy that Masvidal beat. I felt like that was a cowboy that was in the ring too early. Yeah, I could see that. Um, His last fights just aren't as feared. Well, you know what? And then the Damian Maya, I have to say, this is why I went, was that Masvidal to begin with. Everyone's like, I don't know, the Carlos Condit submission. Carlos Condit. A Carlos Condit that has been ready to retire for a few right. fights. Like, a Carlos Condit that was in Robbie Lawler battle. But like, what was the thing I said before the Carlos Condit fight? 
shit takedown defense. Always has had it. So that's why he could get on top of Condit to do those type of things. And then Condit has never been notoriously good at getting up because he'd always wrap you up and try to submit you. Damien Maya, that shit ain't gonna work on Damien Maya. And the one thing, another thing though about Cowboy that's underrated is his submission game. Yes, so and yeah, I would he, agree. When he was injured, he tried to go to that submission game. Oh, and yeah. It did not work. George stayed on his feet, or yep. Jorge stayed on his feet. He, you know. Seems like his hands are better than they've ever been. Yep, it's he, underrated. He has an underrated. He has an yes. underrated every part, every department. Every department. I've been saying that from day one with this guy since Strike Force. Like you could just see it. Going and, back, I'm changing. <laughs> he, uh, I think Masvidal is gonna knock out Maya. I, I see decision only because I give the respect to Damian Maya, but I could see the finish for Maya. If there was a finish, it's submission for Maya, it or knockout for Masvidal. What would be the coolest thing? Jorge Masvidal wins via submission. Would that be fucking unreal? He's the type of guy. That would go for it. He'd go for it. Yeah. To want to win via submission. But you all always say reverse wrestling, reverse wrestling. Yes. He's a guy that does that. He's... He, can, he can hurt you, and it doesn't matter who you are. If you're about to be, if you're about to be TKO'd and someone jumps on your neck and submits you, they submit you because the TKO set it up. But, you know, it's still a submission for them. I'm going to have a Boson card. I think so. I got to split them. not em. on the same card. Uh, yeah, I'd agree um, with that 100%. I could split this fight on DK. I'd even say Parley either way. asked for this fight. I think he figured it out. I think he's a studier. Yeah, I would agree with that 100%. I think he figured out Maya. And I am going to say that this fight goes exactly like Whitaker Souza. Exactly. KO. Jorge Masvidal. Hashtag Team Game Bread. Woo-woo! Can't wait for that fight. I just... If we I'm were done there, if we were done this there, fight. this is a main event on a pay per view to me. On its own, I, totally, totally, totally. If you've been watching the Embedded, you're definitely getting good stuff on both of these fighters. Actually, one thing I got to knock real quick on the Embedded with the amount that we're talking about these main cards, why don't they have a fucking camera crew on Gamebred and Maya right now? I want to see that so much right now. I want to see what the what they're doing, not just the co-main and the not just the champions. Let me see some of these other guys. Let me see Hick Diaz is training I camp think before. I the embedded aren't long enough. I, oh, I, I agree. I agree. Enough. So, yeah, I agree with you. They could have, like... A couple people, yeah. not just the main people. Why not build a story? It cost you nothing. And a lot of the fighters would mm-hmm. do it themselves. They'd talk to a camera phone. Yeah. they just to get... Start some- their own podcasts. They yeah, do all sorts on. of stuff. Get yeah, help them out. So, we have the champion at 155 pounds, Joanna Jezerjet. 115. 115 pounds, sorry. Against Jessica Andraj. I think JJ's already at weight. I saw, the, I was watching those and she looked good. It, it, but ripped. She had a ripped up little belly on her. Yeah. Um, she was eating a cupcake and drinking some iced coffee. I mean, she's got, she's a, a pretty woman, but she she's pretty into the face, I don't know. But I don't her know. aura makes it's, her gorgeous, it's, though. And her, her personality, her professionalism, her confidence. Her personality. Her, yeah, yeah, I think it's there's just... things about her. It's not because she is a traditionally attractive woman on the outside. Right. But her whole total package makes her super sexy. That's exactly what I would say, because I don't know if she's going to be on a guest cover anytime soon. But... She just seems like someone you could hang out with and be just watch and just be like, dude, you're a fucking beast. <laughs> like, you are so cool. Um, if kids, she is a great role model for 
people. I yeah. think she just lives her life clean. She seems like an honest, good person. She moved into this camp, another American top team, uh-huh. and they all love and respect her. It seems like a really good team environment and there. She like, moved into American top team with a belt. Not too many fighters do that kind of stuff. What fighters win the belt and say, nah, I'm going to go to a camp. And I'm going to change something. Exactly. She's like, I, I, I feel like I perfected that stuff, and yep. now I had to go work on this stuff, which... Next level. Yeah. Well, again, this is a legend. What In 20, 30 years, people are going to be like, remember when she fought Jessica Andrade? And we are just seeing her at the beginning of, of her peak. Her peak. Yeah. The beginning. Yeah. Like, we yes. we, we've seen nothing yet. Yes. I think that she's just going to be tooling people up. She's going to be piecing them apart, slicing them and from another, head to toe. Though, this is another, she's fighting a young fucking beast who wore the belt one day. Yeah. Jessica Andrade will wear the belt one day. Jessica Andrade's problem, she will not be able to make 115 for very long. She looks like she is beefing up, up, up. She, I could would not, she used to be 135-er, but she's going, she's, going to, she's going to 25. That's This is a, somebody who's going right to Guarantee 25. You. Guarantee she's going to 25. I bet you she doesn't make weight this time. It's something to watch for. She was she big. Big. She, she looked like she was your body. Yeah, she's a fucking tank. But she, I mean, she gives up a lot of size. The the real anomaly was that she was fighting at 135 and winning fights. She won a couple fights at 135 pounds. She only recently moved down to 125. And she pieces girls apart. She was and talking her about stance. If you just watch her progression of mm-hmm. how good she's become at boxing, mm-hmm. wow. Like, wow. She combinations, but. Those elbows. Guess what? Uh, the perfect counter and Floyd Mayweather. I know we almost went a whole podcast without talking about Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> Floyd Mayweather does this, and you can see John Jones done this really well. If you're coming straight forward at me, throwing punches, and I stick an elbow right near your eye, and you walk into that elbow, I don't have to put any power into it. And JJ has those type of elbows. And you just said something key that just dawned on me right this second. Jessica, Jessica Andrade, she doesn't move her head at all. She has zero head movement. Straight line, but she throws heavy punches. Zero head movement. Yep. She is just a heavy George Foreman right in the middle. Heavy fucking stance. She even she spreads back almost like she has a sprawl. She's putting her full back weight. leg She's into every punch. The other thing is, when you fight like her, no way you go in five rounds, Chunky. There's no way. No way. There's no way. There's just... I feel like this is... But we've seen KK wobble, JJ. Uh-huh. Jessica lays harder punches. But, but, KK set up... Or skill set. Exactly. She set up that strike with three or four strikes before that. She set it up with patterning before that, where Andrash, her pattern is straightforward. Somebody who understands pattern recognition, which JJ understands it at Andrash the top level. Andrash has not been, she has not even close been in the ring with the talent that JJ's been in with either. She has fought none. She hasn't fought KK. She yeah. hasn't fought Claudia Gadelia. Exactly. She hasn't fought uh, Rose Nami. People are saying she Angela Hill, Kate but better. Angela Hill has gotten better, but she's still she's not still top not caliber. She's still not even in top five. Exactly. So yeah, it's I'd agree like, with that. JJ's beat the whole top five of the UFC with the exception of Rose Namajunas. Uh-huh. Andrade hasn't faced any of them yet. They could have built Andrade up more for this fight. And, well, it needed to happen. JJ was stagnant long Ex- enough. Yeah, I it would agree to happen. with that. This is, you were saying it in the last fight, though. Jessica Andrade will be a thousand times more dangerous coming off this fight after this loss. Yes. 
<laughs> yes, she will learn. She will, be so she will learn so much about herself in this fight because she'll be in with the champ. She'll understand what she needs to do. She might move her camp. She might literally go to an American top team or a AKA or something because if she wants to keep fighting after this, um She's gonna get pieced apart. Yeah, but she I don't think that the She's gonna she's be in a, a knife fight. Superficial wounds, she's gonna fucking get them elbows like you were saying. Right. I think the first two rounds um, she's going to be exhausted, and uh, JJ will take away all her power with leg kicks. People forget about JJ's low yes. leg kicks. They also forget about the front straight, straight. straight. kicks. Jeez. Yeah, right uh, up the middle. Right up. Jesus. Ask Valerie the turno. <laughs> yeah, like. You see her get turned around. Um, with the slight favorite being. JJ, I feel like JJ should be a three to one favorite in I my agree eyes. With you. I just don't see where people are giving it to Andrash other than they're saying she has a puncher's chance, but she hasn't knocked anybody dead. No, who is she? She couldn't finish. I agree. Angela she Hill. has a puncher's chance. You know what a puncher's chance doesn't work with? Somebody who is Ultra in the skill. peak of their game. And like skill, it's, skill, skill, skill. JJ's taking some weird kicks. I feel like Andrash isn't as good as Claudia Gadelia yet. Like, I don't think she's I, that I would that agree level. with that. I'd say Golly, Claudia Gadelia would be a better fight for Andrade than I JJ right now. I think it'd be good for both of them. And I also think it'd be good for Andrade because you want another power puncher in the 115 division? Claudia Gadelia. Yeah. Like, I think she lays That's the exact That's a fire hydrant way. versus fire hydrant. I actually think Claudia Gadelia is the better version of Jessica Andrade. Yeah, I would agree with that and 100%. More and she's more dangerous on the ground than punching. Andrade is more dangerous punching than on the ground. So I actually feel like for JJ, if you watch her in any fight, yep. she, you don't want to stand with JJ. You want to take her down. So Andrade is a stand-up fighter. If you... I think JJ's going to hurt her enough where Andrade is going to flip into wanting to take her down. Mm -hmm. And Andrade isn't as good on the ground as Claudia Gadelia. And JJ's going to do the exact same stuff. She might get taken down. She's going to get out. She's going to stand back in the center of the ring and call the girl back up. That's yep. what she does. Yeah. She's like, it's not going to happen. And I think JJ at American Top Team... The best thing for JJ, she seems to be a travel camper. She needs to go with TJ Dillashaw. If she can learn that sixth punch that they keep talking about uh -huh. or that sixth combat with her, imagine that takedown punch with those elbows. Uh -huh. Like, unbelievable. When she's on top, lay a few of those. Like, they wouldn't expect her. No one expects her to take them down. But right. I don't know. She's next level. I can't. I'm so excited. I'm, exactly. She's like watching John Jones in a yes. lot of ways. Yes, I would agree with that 100%. Uh, we always compare movement without actually comparing them. I think we need to be the first to be like, she's a little she's girl John Jones. Right. Little Polish John Jones. <laughs> well, in the level of her domination, she's John Jones as, because he gets away with stuff for being a physical freak. Like, he, that dude's got some. She's built like him for her division. Yeah, the 115. Long, stage, yeah. straight Skate, kicks. Gangly, yeah, gangly, chicken legs. Yeah, comes in with the same, like, uh, scrappiness yeah. just scrappy scrappy so that is just oh i got jj ko round four i got i think andraj gives up i don't think her cardio is ready for what jj yeah, is gonna bring jj is not gonna try she doesn't the, one of her gyms she's not trying for round one knockout she right. is when you say cut him by a thousand or win by a thousand cuts death by a thousand cuts she is like a school of piranhas and she smells blood in the water and she tries to finish and that's what i absolutely love about her as well is that she multiple times is like i'm an entertainer i entertain you by finishing women that's what i'm gonna do and you've seen it in every fight she's been 
winning fights and she doesn't slow down and get the decision. She tries to finish them at any point that she forward can in pressure. the fight. The amount of forward pressure that Andrade has is almost next to no other. It, it, I think it's going to be detrimental for her. And the she slight favorite, exhausted. I think you're going to put JJ all over everything for her. And the amount of punches, significant strike she lands. DK all day. She, yeah. I think it's 8-1-8-1, eight, one, eight, one, close it's to unreal. that. So I would have JJ on every single DK card. I agree. Um, JJ at 8-1 will never happen again. It's like yeah, Demetrius Johnson. Exactly. That exactly, exactly. And I think that because this is a five-round fight, even both of them on the same and card I might even help. I would say, and I might be wrong, uh -huh. I think JJ has the most punches thrown, like average. 